Please turn with me for the final time in this series to Psalm 119. Psalm 119. Back in July of 2022, I never thought I'd see this day. But here we are reading the last stanza of the longest chapter in the Bible. Psalm 119 has been a tonic to my soul. I don't think in 39 or 40 years, that's how old I am, I've ever read and loved God's word as much. We have a good God, a God who sustains, a God who we loved, or a God who we've said whose steadfast love continues. And in this psalm this evening, as we wrap everything up, we see the love of our great God. And so turn with me to Psalm 119 and let's read together those last eight verses, verses 169 through 176. Again, give careful attention. This is the word of our living God. Let my cry come before you, O Lord. Give me understanding according to your word. Let my plea come before you. Deliver me according to your word. My lips will pour forth praise, for you teach me your statutes. My tongue will sing of your word, for all your commandments are right. Let your hand be ready to help me, for I have chosen your precepts. I long for your salvation, O Lord. And your law is my delight. Let my soul live and praise you. And let your rules help me. I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek your servant. For I do not forget your commandments. Amen. The psalmist has now come to his last in concluding stanza, each letter of the Hebrew alphabet he has sung, and just like me, he has sobbed. And he sobbed his way through each of these different stanzas. Again and again, his tears have been wiped away as he turns his eyes towards a treasure that great treasure of God's holy word. That word through these 176 verses have established him. They have strengthened him. They have transformed him. But even up to the very last verse, he needs more. What does he need more of? He needs more of God and more of God's word. In this section, the psalmist closes the psalm by emphasizing his commitments and his remembrance of God's word. And in this final section tonight that we will study, 
In a sense, the psalmist, as it were, sums up the whole verses that go before. Here, again, he meditates upon the word of God. And it comes from one who knows what it's like to go astray. One who knows what it's like to come back home again. And one, even through the other 175 verses, knows that he cannot do this himself. The psalmist in the last verse reminds us of something that I need to tell you now. You cannot and you will not be able to accomplish what the previous 175 verses are on your own. I ask you, how is your Bible plan study going? I ask you, how is your reading of the Word of God going on this day in January? And we may be all excited and we may be all rambunctious that it's a new year. It's a great start. It's a time, as it were, to go in and clean out the cobwebs and start reading again. But brothers and sisters, for the last time in this psalm, I urge you, know your God. Know your God. And then know the word of God. We cannot begin to delve into these things on our own. Because the psalmist rightly again reminds us that we need him. We do not need each other, so to speak. But we need him to enable and help us. Like I said, this 119th Psalm is a tonic to our soul. It's a reminder, as it were, right slap bang in the middle, as it were, of our Bibles, that we need the Word of God in these days. We need to be reminded of who God is. And then, as we're about to see tonight, we need to come to that God. The psalmist called on God to hear his prayer and to deliver him. He prays God for his word. He pleads with God to enable him to live that life according to his word. And the psalmist concludes this lengthy psalm by confessing that he had gone astray like that lost sheep. And he's asking God to rescue him by his word. It's no coincidence that the psalmist here reminds us, as I said in, when I preached that sermon not that long ago on Christmas about sheep. And the theme of God as the shepherd of his people surely is one of the richest in all of the Bible. Psalm 23, the good shepherd. Ezekiel 34, God promises people, I will establish over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he will shepherd them in verse 20, 23. And then Micah, 
Micah 5 continues that theme and informs us that this future shepherd will come from Bethlehem. John 10 reveals to us that indeed Christ, the Son of God, is the good shepherd. And it's the good shepherd who fulfills all these prophetic promises. And in this stanza tonight, the shepherd imagery is subtle but clearly present as the psalmist here, as it were, for the final time, pours out his heart in prayer to God. He feels as he gets to the very end, he feels like that wandering sheep. He feels like that one who, as it were, has lost his way. What is his hope? The good shepherd. The one who will come and rescue him like that loving shepherd. Tonight, are you verse 176? I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek your servant. Tonight, do you feel like that sheep wandering far away? Someone who has lost their way. Then I urge you, listen, read, meditate, mutter, and see these verses that seek the one who is that great shepherd. Tonight I want to open up these verses under three headings. Lord, hear me. Lord, help me. Lord, hunt me. Hear, help, hunt. Three H's. Verse 169 begins, Let my cry come before you, O Lord. Give me understanding according to your word. Have you ever, as a parent, had a child come up to you? Perhaps you're coercing or you're talking with another adult and you feel this hand tapping. You feel the hand tapping. And you feel the hand tapping. And then suddenly you hear, Mummy, Mummy, Mummy. And the child is seeking attention. The child is seeking the contact with the parent. Sometimes in our house, I know that we can, what, what's going on? And we wonder what's happening. But here the psalmist, as it were, is coming before God and he's crying and crying and crying. He wants his prayers to come into the very presence of God. When we read that, let my cry come before you, O Lord, this is not some half-hearted prayer. The psalmist approaches the end of the psalm, and as it were, the petitions get greater. The force builds. And it's as if he wants to scream with all that he has. God, give me understanding according to your word. The psalmist doesn't come in here, as it were, all sure of himself. 
He doesn't come in here all arrogant and thinking, well, God, he needs to listen to me because I've got so much good to say to him. No. He comes here, as it were, with a cry of desperation. He comes here with humility. He comes here seeking help. prayers increase. His fervency grows and he cries before God, give me understanding. Not please may I have some. Not well if it's okay could I get it. No, give me it. I urge you to help me. The psalmist views his need of understanding the word. He knows that spiritual understanding, particularly of the word, is man's great need. And so he prays here with fervency. He asks God to help him. He doesn't do these things in and of himself. How often we read God's word. And we make God's word fit our situation. How often we read it and we think, well, that's a verse for me. We need to read God's word in context, slowly, methodically, and muttering it that we would understand what God is saying in his word. As I came to prepare this sermon tonight, I did so on the shoulders of mighty men, men of old, men who I feel like I've got to know so well in the last 22 sermons that have come together, Thomas Manton, Charles Spurgeon, and many, many more. Brothers and sisters, we need to read God's word. We need to read good men who have brought things from God's word that if when I read this, there's things I didn't get. We need to open up the word and not read it for ourselves, as it were, to fit in our mold. No, we need to be like that clay molded by God. Because the psalmist here, it goes on to say, let my plea, he's crying, now he's pleading, let my plea come before you, deliver me according to your word. Before God, let my cry come before you, let my plea come before you. Again, he asked that his supplication or his petition come before an almighty God. It did him no good to pray for understanding if God would not hear his prayer. Deliver me. Deliver me, he says. Deliver me according to your word.
living in the UK, I used to love watching David Attenborough. If you don't know who he is, you can go on YouTube. He loves to do wildlife shows. And he has one of the best voices in all of the world. I wish he would read some good audio books that I could listen to. But there are many, many scenes when we see those poor, innocent animals being attacked by those ferocious animals. And the man had such a way with words that you felt like you were actually in the mouth of that predator that had come. Many times he would say, oh, I hope it got rescued. If you are found in Christ this evening, you have been rescued. Rescued from that predator called sin. You've been delivered. You've been set free. You have been rescued according to the word of God that told us in Genesis 3, 15, that he would send his son. And here you sit, delivered. We know that the psalmist faced many, many enemies. The pride, the oppressor, those who sought to kill him. But yet he didn't pray for deliverance first. No, what did he pray for? Understanding. Understanding of God may not always secure deliverance, but it facilitates our gratitude for it. The psalmist in Gain implies that God's word will rescue him. The psalmist here pleads for deliverance based on God's word for him, for his well-being. Spurgeon rightly says that the Lord, in answer to cry and plea praying, frequently delivers his children by making them wise as serpents and well as harmless as doves. I ask you this evening, brothers and sisters, how is your prayer life? How is my prayer life? Are we known as men and women of prayer? Do we even pray? Do we know what to pray? There are times when we go into our private closets that our minds are so amush. And at times we don't know what to pray for, how to pray. Pray the word. Pray the promises of God. Remind yourselves of these things. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Know your God. Know the one that you come to. Know the one who hears your prayers. When last did we ever cry? Not physically, 
but cry with such emotions? When did we last pray with pleading in our minds and in our hearts? That God would give us understanding and God would deliver us if he so chooses. Because when we pray like that, look what happens. The psalmist cry and his plea, his lips now pour forth praise. One seventy one says, Pour forth praise. One seventy two says, Sing of your word. The two in practice should never, as it were, be separated. Lips praising, tongue singing. My lips pour forth praise. There is that excitement and enthusiasm in his praise as he contemplates that God will teach him his statutes. Lips parallels tongue. Praise parallels singing. Statutes parallel promise. And with all these parallels, the the psalmist emphasizes the truth that God's commands are righteous. This truth, at least in part, moved him to praise and to sing to the Lord. When last did we read in our private devotions the word of God and, as it were, burst forth into song? Spurgeon says once more, when a man has so high an opinion of God, God's word, God's commands, it is little wonder that his lips should be ready to extol the ever-glorious one. God, God's words and his commands should make our lips praise Our tongue sing because of who he is. We often sing that song to our children. Oh, be careful, little lips, what you say. I know we do what we did in our house. But how often as adults we do not hold ourselves to that same standard. Are we, as God's people, using our lips to praise God? Are we using our lips to build one another up? Are we using our lips to ask God to help us, to ask Him to teach us His statutes? Are we using our lips, as it were, to puff ourselves up, to make ourselves proud, to wound those who are around us? Brothers and sisters, in these days, be careful, little lips, what you say. 
Be careful what your tongue will say. It shouldn't be to pull others down. It should be to praise. It should be to sing. It should be to worship our great God. I encourage you this evening, you are a singing bunch of people. There are times when I stand in that row and there are times when I sing a little bit lower than normal. Why? Because the voices of God's people encourage our hearts. I encourage you this evening, sing. Sing to God. Sing praises worthy of his name. Be a singing people. Pray, read, sing. We're on till our second point. Lord, help me. And I hope he does because time is marching on. The psalmist here then goes on in verses 173, 174, and 175 to ask God to help him. You see, knowing God's word and God's precepts, he knows that indeed God is a God of action. That hand that he talks about there, let your hand be ready to help me remember who this is. It's a man reading the first five books of the Bible. He doesn't have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He doesn't have Acts and next is Romans children that we sung this morning. No, he has the beginning of your Bible. And here in his mind, when he thinks upon that hand to be ready to help, what do you think he thinks of? If you were in an all-age Sunday school, I'd ask that question to see what you would come up with. I would hope some of you would remember Exodus 14 and 15. When we see God's hand opening that Red Sea, when we see God's people walking through on dry land, when we read that song of Moses later on that speaks of the right hand of a good and glorious God. That is what David is thinking upon. And here he's thinking upon his enemies who are coming after him. And what does he do? He doesn't bury his head in the sand. He doesn't run away as it were far off, nowhere to be found. No, he stops and he says, God, let your hand be ready to help me for I have chosen your precepts. David didn't trust in chariots, nor did he trust in horses. No, he trusted in an all-powerful, all-living, all-holy God. Do you this evening? 2024, many have, as it were, put a huge question mark above it. What will happen? What's going to happen to us? What's, what's happening to the world? God. God is good. Even when we do not know and we do not have a clue what's going on, remember your God. Just as David did here in his time of need, he remembered the right hand and the right arm of God who rescued his people. You are his people. 
He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Is God good for his promises? Yes. Him that honoreth me, I will honor. Do we honor God as we should? I fear in the days that we live in that many churches do nothing of these things. We need to be faithful to God and to God's word. Remembering his precepts. Remembering his word. Remembering his commands. Remembering who God is. The psalmist goes on to say there, I long for your salvation, O Lord, and your law is my delight. James Montgomery Boyce writes, God's deliverance from sin, from its penalty, its power and its presence, from the evil influences and outlook of the world, and perhaps even from the power of the devil. We can do nothing to deliver ourselves, so we need to ask God for salvation, which is exactly what the psalmist does. End quote. Brothers and sisters, our faith does it not flourish when we are in the Word. When the Word indeed is our delight and our tonic to our soul. The psalmist here delighted in it. When last was God's Word our delight? The psalmist delighted in the very words of a living God. Words that we read at times and we just push on through. I urge you, slow down. Read the word carefully. Meditate and mutter upon these things. Let the word of God permeate into your life and may it be that it flows out as you talk to others. Why? Because the psalmist says, let my soul live and praise you, and let your rules help me. Are you living for God this evening? Let my soul live and praise you. What do you live for? For that which you live for is that which you will die for. What do you live for this evening? We need to live, as the psalmist says, to praise God. Above all else that this world can offer as God's saints. As Pastor Jeff rightly told us this morning, persevering on. What does that look like? Living and praising God. Walking a life that is worthy of the calling of which we have been called. 
Are we doing what God's word tells us? Look what he says. Let my soul live and praise you and let your rules help me. They're not there to beat. They're not there to drive you, as it were, into the ground and in pure desperation. God's word is there to help you. Brothers and sisters, let us not fall into the trap that this world has. That this is it. That this is all there is. So you better make the most of it while you're here. You better make the most of God's word. To whom much is given, much will be required. We live in a land with so much. We even have so many books that we put them in boxes. We rent storage facilities because we have so much. We have Bibles coming out of our ears. We have sermon audio that we can listen to hundreds and thousands of sermons. To whom much is given, much will be required. We are accountable each and every time we come before a holy God. We are accountable for every moment of our lives. What we say, what we do, what we think. Do we live like that? Do we live lives that are, that are living for God? Or are we just gathering up stuff where moth and rust will destroy? You young people this evening, you heard it this morning from your teachers downstairs about who God is, that he is not to be mocked, that his name is not to be taken in vain, that when we worship him, we are to do so with awe and adoration. God is a good God. He is a God worthy of praise. He is a God, when we open his word, that we should look at it as a blessing. Christmas morning wasn't that far away. You opened your presents and you ripped open that paper and you were like, look what I got. You were so excited. It should be like that when you read God's word. And even more than that. This is the best Christmas present you could ever get. I urge you to read it. To meditate upon it. To live your life by it and to praise God through it. That his rules indeed would help us. Thirdly and finally. Lord, hunt me. I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek your servant for I do not forget your commandments. Psalm 23, 2 through 3, David says of the good shepherds, Good shepherd, he lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He renews my soul. He leads me along the right paths for his name's sake. I wander like a lost sheep. The psalmist, as it were, 
is bearing his soul to those who will read. He is not hiding these things. He is being honest and saying, I have gone astray like a lost sheep. I have written for 175 verses on many things. And yet, alas, God keeps me. I wander astray like a lost sheep, just like Pilgrim. Put his foot, as it were, over that sty and walked off into bypath meadows. This evening, if you're wayward, return. This evening, if you're living in sin and you knew it before, a holy God, seek him. Run to him. Today I've been a little blue. Why? Because I knew we would get to this verse tonight. There are some of you who are not merely wandering away, you're running. And you have no time for the Good Shepherd. Repent and believe. Repent and believe. You've heard the gospel message this morning. Many of you. And you've heard it again tonight. What will you do with it? I may not see tomorrow. This could be the last time I ever get to preach to you. Maybe the last time I see your eyeballs. I pray it's not, but you do not know what a day will bring forth. My heart's desire is to see all of you in heaven. But I cannot save you. I can only tell you of the good shepherd. The good shepherd who leaves the 99 and goes after the one, the sum of the ones who you are this evening. There are people in our families who know not Christ. We need, as it were, to go after them. To not fear what man will do but to tell them and to warn them of hell and all of eternity that comes with it. For some of you, you will say you believe in Christ and yet you wander far from him. Tonight I urge you, seek him. Seek him while he may be found. Some of you have sat downstairs in Sunday school. And this evening, arrogantly and proudly, you sit here and think you know it all. Head knowledge does not get you to heaven. Only a relationship with this good 
shepherd does. And so you may know all of your catechisms. You may be able to memorize scripture better than even I can. That doesn't get you to heaven. Only saving faith in the Lord Jesus Christ does. The psalmist says, I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek your servant, for I do not forget your commandments. In two weeks, we will open up the Ten Commandments. We will see what David is talking about here, or the psalmist, whoever it may be, is talking about. And it was my aim to read them, but time would not permit this evening. Go home tonight and read Exodus 20. And read together those first 17 verses. And see, does it help you? Is it a delight? Is it a tonic to your soul that the psalmist here says? And so in closing, I encourage you to read 176 verses together. Meet at a coffee shop. Read it. Study it. Tonight when you go home, spend time in God's wonderful, amazing treasure of his word. Because the psalmist, even through his extensive prayer meditation, he has seen that the statutes and the precepts and the judgments and the, the commands and the laws of God have been all that the psalmist desired. It is the eternal self-revelation of the living God by his word that the psalmist has received truth. He has received salvation. He has received righteousness, justice, and peace. These are words of the covenant. These are expressed gifts of Yahweh, the King of kings and Lord of lords. And these, brothers and sisters, are yours this evening if you are found in him. The psalmist and us can be made secure. We're shown how to walk, how to defend from our enemies, how to prepare for eternal life. The importance of God's word cannot be stressed enough. If you ever come in here and the word is not opened and it is not expounded or read, whoever is standing here, throw them out those doors. These things today are serious because God's word reveals the very nature of God as the God who speaks. People will say, I hear the voice from God. It's not the word that's written here. It's not the word of God. And through his word, he has shown us that he is personal and that he has a desire to have that relationship with us. His steadfast love never fails. The psalm shows us how to live our lives, how to love others. And how are we to do this? 
How are we to read these 176 verses and in fact all of Scripture? It's with humility. We are not to be among the proud who declare their independence from God. The psalmist in almost every single verse, study it for yourself, talks of God. Those proud and arrogant people believe that their own words will be the final authority. It will not. It will be God's because their end will be destruction. But the person who comes to know the God of this word, it's his words that speak forever. Dear saints, as we leave this evening, Love the word. Be people off the word. Read the word. Meditate the word. Spew the word back on others. And know indeed who God is. Let my cry come before you, O Lord. Give me understanding according to your word. Let my plea come before you. Deliver me according to your word. My lips will pour forth praise, for you teach me your statutes. My tongue will sing of your word, for all your commandments are right. Let your hand be ready to help me, for I have chosen your precepts. I long for your salvation, O Lord, and your law is my delight. Let my soul live and praise you. And let your rules help me. I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek your servant. For I do not forget your commandments. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come into your holy presence needing your help. and Lord, we come before you and we have failed so many times to read your word, to seek men to help us to understand it, to live our lives according to it. Lord, we pray in these days that we would live lives that are pleasing to you and to you alone. Lord, even tonight, perhaps some have walked astray. We pray, O oh Lord, that you would bring them back. Even for those who have sat in those seats for years, and even some who are sitting here tonight who have been brought up in the church, and yet know you not. Lord, we urge you that you would send salvation that you would save souls this very evening are. May it be that those that know you not would find no rest until they find that great rest, and that is you. 
Lord, we pray for those of us who are believers that you would encourage our hearts in these days from your word. Lord, may it be that treasure to us. May we love to be reading it. May we love to be telling others of it. And even in these days, may we grow to know more of indeed just who you are. Lord, may it be that our lips would praise you. May it be that our tongue would sing to you, our great God. And may it be that we would live our lives to your glory and to your honor. For we ask these things in and through Christ's precious name. Amen.